Canes fans, how you doing? This is Peter Ariz here, excited to bring you this week's preview episode. Of course, it's FSU week. Canes coming off a tough loss last week, but it's rivalry week. So, of course, we have to get you covered with the opposing writer and insider, Michael Langston of Warchant.com. So excited to have him on the podcast later today. A lot of bonus content for you fans who are just used to the normal back and forth about the teams. Mike does a really good job covering recruiting. Obviously, Miami, Florida State have a ton of crossover in guys that, that they're on. So Mike brings us some updates about some guys who are going to be there on campus at Florida State. He says it's going to be an absolutely loaded weekend. And of course, they're on campus for, for Florida State, but tons of Miami targets who want to see the Canes in person. And and these guys need to put on a good showing. These guys meaning the staff, of course, and make sure the guys are prepared to have some things, some positives to take away from this game, win or loss. So we'll get into that. D-Money had some work stuff come up, so he was not available tonight, but hopefully we'll be bringing you some info maybe a, a bonus episode tomorrow with d money but we'll be doing the live show tomorrow evening as always at eight o'clock so stay tuned for the link which i'll drop that tomorrow um the official canes insight watch party is as every week is at titanic restaurant and brewery right across from campus right across from mark light field so excited to meet some of you guys out there we had uh some people out there last week uh who i got to see and was great to see the fans out there and wasn't the result we wanted obviously um on the road against nc state but appreciate everyone who supported uh the watch party last week and hopefully we get some more of you guys out there next week like this video, subscribe to the channel. We do the live shows every week, whether it's Thursday night, we you know tinker with some Saturday morning pregame shows, basketball seasons here. So I might be doing some postgame stuff. I did one uh, for the, mo the Monday night game against NJIT. We have UCF on Friday. So I, you know, stay tuned for some content that I have coming there on the website. Canesinsight.com, completely free. Sign up. The forums are where it's at. Get all the latest up-to-date news on the Canes. Football, baseball, basketball, you name it. It will be on Canesinsight.com. So without much further ado, Mike Langston, Warchant.com, brings us the latest and gives us the intel on Florida State, Miami's opponent this week. All right, Canes fans, as we do every week here on the Canes Inside Podcast, we bring in the opposition. And this week, we have my friend Mike Langston from Warchant.com. Mm -hmm. Canes fans, uh, you guys know, know his face. He's been in the, in the business for, for a long time. You guys have read his work and still operates very much in the recruiting space. So you'll be, I'm sure, seeing this guy's updates as we wind down here mm -hmm. uh, for the recruiting stretch. But Mike, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Pete. I'm glad to see you, uh, Pete. I've known Pete for a while, so uh, it was a pleasure doing this for Pete. 
Yeah, Mike. So, I mean, look, it's been a, a, a fun season up there in, in Tallahassee, right? The expectations were sky high before the season. Obviously had that tough matchup with Clemson, mm-hmm. the letdown game, so to speak, against Boston College. But other than that, has been relatively smooth sailing for the Knowles. How would you assess the first nine games? Yeah, it's it's been really good for them. I mean, I think the thing with FSU is, um, you know, each year we saw them kind of graduate to another level where they're 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 learning how to consistently play the same way. And I think you see a lot of their games. If you watch a lot of them, they're very similar. Uh, you know, some of the games, even the games they struggled, the BC game, they got up. 3110. That was really the only game where it was kind of like an avalanche of bad stuff happening and they just had to hold on. But the rest of the games were kind of similar. You know, uh, Clemson got off to a halftime lead. I think it was maybe uh, 17 14. And then LSU got a, a 17 14 lead. And then the second half, they really just they they spot the things they're not doing right and they just uh, take over. And they when they have those moments, they really hit it. And then when they, but there, there's been times where they're still growing, you know, as Mike says, like the climb over here at FSU. And so I think, uh, yeah, they're still waiting for that game where they play a full game. They haven't played a full game where we've seen it in spurts. So I think overall they've, um, they've certainly done what they wanted to do. And, um, they knew last weekend, uh, there was going to be a challenge cause they didn't have Keon Coleman. They didn't have Johnny Wilson. So it was kind of adjustment. They haven't had to deal with adversity. So I think overall they're pretty happy with, uh, you know, where they're trending as a program, but they also know there's still a lot of growth left in this program. Before we get into this weekend's matchup in specific, I wanted your take from your perspective on the development of Mike Norvell as a coach, mm-hmm. right? And, it's interesting, right? Because Canes fans are, are kind of taking solace in the fact now that Norvell had his struggles in year one and two, yep. right? Um, thir- you know, four wins, five wins, um, had his very obvious struggles. There, there were calls for him to be fired, but yep. then comes back with that 10-win season last year. You see the momentum that he continues to have in the transfer portal in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Did you see any changes in him, whether it's recruiting um, style, uh, whether it's coaching stuff, whether it was something with his staff? I mean, or was it just a matter of time before his plan came to fruition? Yeah, I think with recruiting, it was more where he didn't have the same advantages that, you know, Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal had. Mario's really good in-state. He was always been well-known. Kids know him. Coaches know him. High school coaches know Same with Billy Napier when he coached at Clemson. He was always in Florida, so he knew the area. Mike and them were kind of a new breed where they had to go out there and show it on the field. Is your product going to be better? And I think it, it just materialized where they worked in their culture. They had to changed their culture what they do when he first got there was a very soft-minded weak-minded you know frail uh mentality of what they what they were and it wasn't like to the fsu standard that i think even canes fans grew up you know seeing and and so he had to build strength up and um you know build brotherhood and build accountability to what they do um you know they had you know the jacksonville state game which was on memes and everywhere where that was just a fun time and that was like probably their lowest moment, but it was also one of their best moments because the next week they played North Carolina, beat them, and, and then had that game against Miami. But um, I think really just uh, at each week growing and, and doing things uh, you know, a little bit better. It wasn't about, hey, we're not going to get all this back in once. It's kind of just you know, 
taking different spots of your team and um you know growing them each week and you know whether that's from you know because there's a lot of there was a lot of people that that year uh the next year following year they wanted to go in the portal and he ultimately stuck with jordan travis and there was a lot of people that said hey go get us a quarterback man because uh, i don't know if this is going to work and then and then he's like no that's our guy he stuck with him and 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 so it's kind of that's kind of been mike's thing of of guys that fit what they do they've had some guys that ended up uh you know being you know out of the program but that just weren't fitting what the accountability was of what he said and and, and he's even told him like this is going to be the hardest thing you do but uh, the guys that fit that and the guys that worked and wanted to put in the work, uh, I think it's really just the work they did. And, and and I think early on recruiting, it was relationships. And then as the relationships, uh, the relationships was always good. But then when the product started catching up with the relationships, that's when they started taking off. Yeah, I think that 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 right there is what Miami fans are hoping for, right? They were hoping for it this season. And there's still some time left for them to salvage it of course, but that on-field product is what's going to take their recruiting. As you mentioned, Mario is always going to be one of the best recruiters in the country, but you have yep. to match what 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 you're selling with what's going on on the field. So Yeah, uh, yeah and, your, and your culture, too, has to be in there. You have to have guys that all believe in what you're doing. You can't have 50% thinking, hey, we're going to do this. Like, you sense it. You know, about the second year that, you know, FSU had a really bad beatdown when they went to Miami. Uh, I think Norville had COVID and they went over there. They got slaughtered. They came back and then, uh, you know, they just kept building, you know, that culture of uh, this is the expectations of what we are from an FSU's perspective. And and I think that's what Miami's trying to do. Um, But, you know, it takes time. It's not something that's uh, I know. I know, I know even FSU fans, they first started, it was like, it was a, it was a dreadful three years to get to that point. And I know it's a struggle for, for Miami fans and they go through it, but it's a process to it. And it, you have to get guys like Cam Kitchens, guys that hold people accountable every week when they play. And, and those are the type of guys that you want to have a full 80, 80 roster of, you know, you'll have guys mm-hmm. that all, and once you get that, I think the rest just takes care of itself. The talent takes care of itself. And then, and I think the other thing Mike and them have done is the development they've done with players, uh, not just from the portal, but their, their kids, they get there. They, they've done a great job developing them. And they, and with the portal, they just, uh, the way they recruit the portal is basically they find spots that are holes in the roster and then really just attack it. You know, uh, they knew, you know, with the real wide receiver position, they needed to just a, can't miss guy and they got Keon to add in with Johnny and just a great mixture of uh there's a certain criteria they look for each kid and and it comes to and a lot of it resounds around team like do is winning the most important and that's the thing with these right. kids it's like it's very team oriented which is not what we're living in the world <laughs> with with NIL but that's what you have to build your team around is just guys that buy into what your product is and what your culture is yeah, and, and look, it's it's going to be interesting moving forward up there. Obviously, they have been so portal-reliant. Miami has been too, but FSU has been so successful that I, I know Mike doesn't want to build, continue to build the foundation of the roster with guys right. like that, but with their success – they can cherry pick, you know, they can really, re- they can really sell that their success with guys in the portal. And they're going to have a pick of, of pretty much whoever they want. I would say 
um, at, at a lot of spots. But looking at this matchup, Mike, obviously Miami has been sputtering offensively uh, coming off that loss last week. And then you have the Clemson win a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago with Van Dyke out and then the overtime win against Virginia. Um, there's talk about a potential quarterback switch. Mario is not going to give anything away. If you know Mario, he's, he's yeah. never going to give anything away. And whether it's, whether it's a, a piece of information as big as a starting quarterback or, you know, who the backup punter is, right? So he, right. he, he doesn't give stuff like that away either way. But how do you think Florida State is, is approaching this week? I mean, do you think they're expecting a Tyler Van Dyke uh, to be the starting quarterback this week? I think they're preparing for all angles, whether it's a Jacory, you know, coming in there and, and mixing in some runs or having either Emory or TBD. I mean, my personal thing is like likely TBD starts and then kind of we'll still see how it goes. You know, that's kind of my perception. But I think FSU is preparing for, you know, kind of all three because you have to because you, you just never know. Uh Obviously, they're not they're aware of everything I'm sure that's going on uh, with with the offense. And so you have to prepare whatever you're seeing. And and they've had to deal with that a few times this year of of teams they played where they had multiple quarterbacks. So I think they're preparing for kind of just both of them and what they do and and strengths. They know Uh, obviously they know Emory really well being from Milton. Uh, He's visited FSU before and they know the type of skill he has. They know he's a really good uh, pocket passer. but I think they know just kind of each one. Uh, I think they'll study each one. So I think they're preparing probably for all three. Yeah, I was going to ask you as a follow-up question just out of curiosity because yeah. I didn't remember how much Florida State recruited both Emory and Jakari, who's also a kid in the region, right? right? Um, and I didn't know if you had any you know, remembrances. of Yeah, I mean, uh, a funny thing with Jakari is I, I evaluate him like probably like 11 or 12 times because Lowndes – in Valdosta is like basically an hour away from me. So nice. and I always enjoy going to see games in Georgia because they're just there's just a different like level of how much they appreciate right. it. So I would see Jacuri a lot and Jacuri was just such an elite runner. Um but the struggles I've seen with him is kind of the stuff I also saw, you know, with Lowndes. But uh I saw those guys a lot. Uh Milton that uh Emory, though, on the other hand, he actually grew up a Seminole fan, so he was kind of hoping FSU would push late. Um, Miami made him more of a priority. Um, that was kind of one where if FSU pushed, you know, who knows? It could it could have went the other way. But, um, yeah, they're both, um, you know, great talents and what they do. They're just different what they do. I think Emory is just a, a really good, you know, pocket guy. Uh, he's not uh, – when he played in high school, he didn't seem like the moment was too big for him when you watched him play. Um, just a guy that that welcomes the pressure and uh, a really good kid. Talked to him several times. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see if um, you know, both of those guys get in there or even one of them and see what happens. Because, uh, like I said, that's kind of a, a storyline that writes itself that he grew up liking FSU. Listen, it'll if he plays, if Emory plays, it really comes down to how much Shannon Dawson, Miami's offensive coordinator, yeah. trusts him because there were limited downfield passing opportunities against Clemson. Yeah. He made the throws when he needed to, right? But like you said, that's where his that's his bread and butter is as a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. He's he's we've likened him a couple of us on on the Canes Inside podcast to a Brad Kaya. Mm-hmm. In the sense that he's not going to be a, a very mobile guy, but he can really he can really 
pass pass the ball efficiently. Yeah, he sees the field um, well. Uh, that's what he did at Milton. Uh, I think that's what attracted Miami to him. It's just the way he sees the field, and um, so yeah, it would be interesting. And th- th- like there's risks no matter which way you go. You know, with those three, you know, whether it's a combination or if it's one. So uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be interesting. Uh, it's going to be exciting, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of I guess their plan is once it gets out there and it's three thirty and. And we see see what's on the field. A couple more things here before I let you go, Mike. Jordan Travis and and Keon Coleman, their connection, right? Jordan Travis has taken a huge leap, you know, each of the last couple seasons. But the confidence in that relationship that he has with Keon Coleman mm-hmm. has, I, to me, taken his game as a quarterback to the next level. And I think that is a is a matchup that. Miami is is very concerned with. Yeah, he's uh yeah, they've worked a lot this summer. Uh you see a lot and Jordan talks about it a lot where he's worked a lot with him. He wanted to build a a connection with him. Um and, and Jordan's evolved so much as a passer. I remember uh you know that year in the the Jacksonville State year. I mean, he wouldn't even he couldn't even you know not just see the field, but just the, there wouldn't be a lot of passes in the middle of the field. And it would just be a lot of edge stuff where you go out there to edge or he'll run, you know. And then once they start getting these receivers in, I uh, first noticed it when they played LSU in New Orleans in that game. Like, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I mean, because you finally got receivers and he's trusting. And so Tony Tokars, Mike did it, Mike Norvell did a great job of just, um, you know, making him trust what he's seeing and, and still believing in him because, I mean, this is a kid that, his brother played baseball at FSU, Devin Travis. He was a big FSU fan. So, uh, I mean, he was sticking with it and he just stuck with it. It's one of those guys that sometimes just sticks with it and it goes with it. And then with Keon, he's he's probably one of the best I've seen uh, as far as in a while as an overall prospect that just does a little bit of everything. I think a lot of people, when they watch him at Michigan State, they just thought he was like a jump ball guy. But then you watch him and his routes and in and out of routes and just his ability catching traffic and then his ability after the catches. It's been pretty special. But I think they're also trying to not lean on him too much where they want to get you know all the different parts together on the field. But, yeah, Keon is – is definitely a difference maker that's really taken them to another level this year, I think, with their program. From a Florida State perspective, again, great start to the season. Home game this weekend, 3.30, ABC, Miami sputtering, like we mentioned. Everything seems to be in their favor this weekend, right? But it is a rivalry game. Other than the aspect of it being a rivalry game and anything can happen, what would be your concern when you look at this matchup um, from the Florida State side, what would a potential weakness for Miami to exploit be uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think of me is I'm born and raised in Tallahassee, so I've seen all these these rivalries. So I know uh, every game. I don't care who is the favorite. You know, anything can happen where you have weaknesses. Uh, you know, certainly I, I think a guy like Jacoby George is is, is a weak is, is a problem. Just FSU is number four in the country in pass deficiencies, but that guy is certainly he he finds ways getting open. He's a guy that you know certainly be a problem. I think Xavier's also you know kind of falls in that category where he can he can do some things. I think I think getting off to a good start is really for me the concern because I think that's a positive. One way or the other. It's like if it's FSU gets off to a good start, it's like, okay, Miami, it's going to be trouble, man. If they're up, 
like kind of like last year. They got up, they never let them breathe, and then it was a runaway. But then, so I think really, you know, containing the running game with Mark Fletcher. I think Mark does a really good job running between the tackles, and then and then I think those the explosive plays really that's kind of the big thing. I think I I'm not. I don't think Miami can go consistently. You're talking like 14, 15 play drives, but I think they can hit big plays. And so right. I think the big plays is kind of probably, I think will be a concern if, if you had one going that game of, of what they can hit. But um, yeah, that's kind of the thing on paper for me. Well, Miami was hitting them early in the season, obviously sh- showed that in the, in the yep. A&M game. And it's been, it's been a nightmare for Canes fans to, to watch offensively. Now, last thing here, before I let you go, recruiting-wise, this is always a huge weekend for whoever is the host team. Biggest visitors in town this weekend, and then matchups that you'll be watching, uh, recruiting battles, I should say, that you'll be watching here down the stretch when it comes to Miami and Florida State. Yeah, so I've done several interviews today about the recruiting weekend and uh, did a lot with the on three guys, and I told them this, and I, I'm not kidding. Um, I've been doing FSU. I've been working war chant for like 12 years. I've done recruiting for rivals and different things for like 23 years. This is the best weekend I've seen as far as the overall talent that I've ever seen for FSU, uh, hosting a weekend. Um, I think there's going to be eight or nine, five stars that are on campus. Um, you know, some big names, uh, a lot of top 20, 25, uh, you know, prospects. I think, uh, you know, guys like Wardell Mack, uh, committed to Florida, four-star DB. He will be there. Um, you know, you got a lot of uh, just, um, you know, top-tier guys that are 2025 class, like running back Osman Croma from uh, Lee County, four-star running back. Alvin Henderson's another one just visited Miami kind of recently. Uh, I mean, there's I – mean, <laughs> the list is kind of yeah. ridiculous. Uh, I could sit there and go uh, yep. on about Listen, it. Listen, Canes fans, you can, I'm sure, find it on War Chant yeah. uh, this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah, five-star um, five star, five star wide receiver Cam Coleman will be there. Five-star Jeremiah Smith, who Miami fans know really well, he will be there um, to watch. So um, that just kind of gives you an idea, like, when, when there's eight or nine five-stars and – I can't count how many top four stars. It's going to be over 100 recruits there. So, um, yeah. Well, it's a lot for Miami on the line, too, because yeah. a lot of these guys, they're recruiting. Yeah. And, yes, it's FSU weekend. They're going to be, you know, there in the atmosphere. And, and I'm sure if you ask them right then and there, they would be they would be Knowles on the spot. But it, Miami's got to keep it competitive from from the recruiting standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this game. yeah, because the majority, a lot of these recruits are going to be twenty twenty five that I've I've looked through that I've gotten confirmed. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are twenty twenty five, and and good portion of these guys are from South Florida. And uh, I think Jabari Brady is going to be there twenty twenty six top receiver. I think is one of the best receivers in twenty twenty six. And there's going to be a lot of guys that you know, it, yeah, FSU's hosting them, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of guys that are kids that are watching, whether at home or they're visiting this thing, that they need to see some product from Miami. They want to, they want to see like, hey, where? Just give us something. Give us a little bit that we can grasp onto. That hey, um, this is what they do well, and just have them something. I, I don't think it has to be like extremely competitive you just need to show something that they can grasp onto I, I think a lot of times fans get caught up in like who wins or loses and in some cases recruiting it helps but 
I think really recruits just want to see what your growth is as a, as a team. And, and, right. and I think that's what a lot of recruits that like Miami and, and recruits that are considering Miami, they kind of want to just see kind of, hey, where are they at right now? Yeah, everyone has since the beginning of the season has asked us, the Canes, Canes guys, you know, how many wins does Miami need to land XYZ recruit? And it's more than the, the wins and losses. It's right. You got to give them positive things yep. to hold on to. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it was, listen, it was awesome talking to you tonight, Mike, previewing the, this one. So we look a lot of Canes fans have kind of, they're down after the recent weeks, but Saturday morning, they'll wake up and they'll, they'll think that the Canes are winning this one by, by three touchdowns. So like we said, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, it is. Anything can happen. Miami's yep. defense, I think, will come out with their adrenaline going. They, they have been a really, really solid unit all season long. They can make some big plays. Yeah, so. I, I like what they're doing uh, defensively. I think, um, you know, overall, they're not as big in the middle. So what they're doing is they're creating pressure with Gildry. Uh, they're doing a lot of blitzes in different ways to find to certify pressure. Ruben Bain's been phenomenal. I think Ruben's had a, had a really good year. I've, I've known Ruben really well. So um, I think their defense is certainly – if there's anything you're going to take away from the season, whether they win or you know what happens in this game, is they've certainly shown the defensive recruits like, hey, this is what we can be, and this is what we can be as far as pressure and getting pressure and and creating problems. So I think the, really the thing you just want to see every week is growth, and I know it irritates a lot of the Miami fans because of the inconsistencies that they see from game to game. Um, but, um, you know, the main thing is you, all you look for is each week is a little bit of growth of what, where you're going as a program. Cause it's going to take some time. I know my fans don't want to hear that, but I've, uh, FSU has been through that. A lot of programs have been through that, that it is have to, uh, you have to want, you want to see growth. As long as you're seeing growth, then you can buy into that. Now, when you stop seeing growth and it's just pure, you know, stagnant, just uh, yeah. stagnant stuff, uh, then that's when you start to have to think about, okay, where, where's this going? Well, look, not to keep going back on it as we do every week, but things would look a lot different for Miami if they knelt the ball against Georgia Tech as well. That's so very true. The, the, That's very the, true. The positivity meter would be a lot more, you know, looking up, looking up. Yep. So I agree. But Mike, thank you again. Canes fans, again, you'll be reading a lot of this guy's work down the stretch, I'm sure. Yep. Warchant.com on the On3 Sports Network. Mike, appreciate the time once again. Anytime, Pete.